I've seen Mr. Pierrot, and he doesn't look anything like this guy. I'm Jackie. Uh, yes, I'd like to cancel my appointment. It's this Tuesday. No, I don't want to reschedule. I'm Justin. Yes, I had an appointment uh, with death. I'm sorry, what? He's taking a holiday? Odd, some of the screenwriters of this film. I'm Sam, and this is Appointment with Death from 1988, Canon Films on Stinker Madness. Hello, and welcome to Stinker Madness. Uh, this is a podcast about bad movies for bad movie lovers. I'll be your host, Justin. With me, I always have a duty. This week on the podcast... You would be a really crap uh, auctioneer. Yeah, sure. Nobody can even understand you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this week on the show, uh, we have got a redo. We have already recorded this episode. But we screwed up the audio with technical difficulties, and so we're having to redo it. So the sad thing is it's a whodunit. So we've already flushed a lot of this stuff out in our previous recording that we're now going to be like, oh, yeah. So questions that arise have already been answered, so we're not going to be asking questions. We're just going to be explaining. <laughs> I, You know what? I forgot everything we talked about. All so right. I'm good. I'm like a blank slate. <laughs> yeah, me too. I wonder if the uh, I wonder if the pros, you know, like the big boys, the top ten podcasts. Uh, I wonder if they screw up and have to redo episodes because this is like our third one we've done. I doubt it. I mean, they probably have mistakes, but they've got people that are like that work for them, and it's their job. Yeah, so producers. That's like, why did I forget everything since we talked about this last? Because I had to go to a real job and like do math a lot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Scrubs the brain. Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, well, uh, yeah, currently streaming on, uh, Tubi TV, uh, Appointment with Death, uh, starring a cavalcade of, uh, people, but I'll let you- Veritable uh, who's who. Yeah, I'll let you address that, Sam. Go ahead. Well, we should start with, this is a Michael Winter film, and he did a lot of the Charles Bronson Canon films. Mm -hmm. Uh, Canon somehow gets a hold of this, right? Uh, the reason they've got a hold of this is that the current- Poirot is Peter Ustinov, mm -hmm. and the last three, I believe, two or three Poirot films have been relegated to made-for-TV movies. Mm -hmm. And so it was actually pretty easy for Canon to get a hold of it uh, because it had already been sort of tossed into crap town. Because made-for-TV movies blow ass in this time. Yeah, Like, they are just... Like, Lonesome Dove really just bitch-slapped the hell out of everybody else that was making movies for television. War and Peace was also pretty good, but don't forget, those aren't those aren't TV shows, or those aren't movies, those are miniseries. miniseries which totally. is, like, the one of the more expensive things to make, because it has Shogun and Thornbirds and all that's yeah, really good, too. Right. Um, so, anyway, Canon gets a hold of Perot, and Michael Winner's like, shit, I've always wanted to do one of these. I'm going to fucking do it. And he goes, and they're like, no, we've got all these big-name actors. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? None of those guys are going to work for you, and they're going to go over budget and over time. And they had apparently, like, earmarked $9 million that they were going to make this for, which is a lot for a Canon movie. That's a lot. It's a lot for a canon movie. And so they're, they're like, he's like, you're not going to fucking. All right. You, you, I'm the only guy, you know, that's going to do this on time for nine million. And they're like, hey, you know what? We called the other guys and they told us to fuck off. So you got a job. It's yours. <laughs> um, the other guys. <laughs> the other guys. And then they, they ganked him down to seven. And then they told him that he really only had six, five and a half. And oh, he boy. said, I can do it for six. 
And they said, fire the art department. He said, fuck you. Not firing the art department. This is a fucking fucking period piece. You can't fire the fucking art department. Hey, what's that uh, Corvette doing driving around in 1937? Yeah. We fired the art department. There's like three guys not wearing pants. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and then it's funny enough that after they see the first round of dailies, uh, it was, I believe, Menahem Galan called him and was like, Man, your art department is killing it. It's like, nice. yeah, aren't you glad I didn't fucking fire them? Right. Yeah, this might be the best uh, production design and art design of any canon movie we've seen. Um, the next actor I'm going to mention is John Galgood. Gail- I can never say his name right. Uh, Who's that? The... Governor General guy, the commander. What is he? A commander? Uh, colonel. The, colonel. They colonel. Call him the colonel. The old guy. The yeah. colonel. Oh, and okay. he's a major player in the Shakespearean theater and all like theater and screen in England for many years. You know, Patrick and Stewart or tight. That's one of this sort of like bucket list that Michael Winter is going to do a Poirot film and a Poirot. Poirot. I can never say the name right. Poirot. Poirot. Um, which is why he's an asshole. <laughs> he's got a stupid name. <laughs> Hercule Poirot, I presume. We should uh, we That's should mention how you he, say it for uh, the uh, uncultured swines that uh, may listen to this podcast. That Hercule Poirot is Agatha Christie's problem-solving detective. He doesn't have. He's not. A, he's not. He doesn't work for anybody, right? No, he it, just wanders around and solves crimes. It's like he's on a permanent vacation. Yeah. And then crimes happen and he just butts in. Okay. All right. Hey, I'm here. I I can do that. Like, I don't even know. Like, I'm an inspector. Mm -hmm. Do you work for anyone or do you just hold the title? And it's like he's retired, but he's like, I can still inspect. I can't. I have no jurisdiction, but I'll just inspect for you. Could you could you do that today, like in today's modern society? Uh, could you just walk up to a crime scene and say, uh, don't worry about it, detectives. I've got it from here. Well, there's the building inspectors. But if you're actually any good at it, the real estate agents will not hire you. Like, we I, don't want to have to fix I'm this. Talking about crime. I'm talking about crime. No, that's the only inspectors I know are the building inspectors. Right. But can you do that? Can you just walk up to a crime scene? There's, uh, you know, there's four chalk outlines on the ground and little chunks of brain everywhere and you say, there's still private detectives and there's still independent investigators yes yeah but you you have to be a licensed pi you don't i don't know about the inspector part like if they bring you in as a consultant no, i'm sure there's consultants no, they're not in bringing the you in you are walking up and saying i would like to stick my nose into this problem they would tell you to fuck off right <laughs> unless you're and then you if- pro yeah, but if you are Hercule Poirot, right? Yeah. The guy's kind of a major a-hole, uh-huh. okay? Uh-huh. I'm getting, I'm basing this, okay, so I don't know if you guys know this, but Nintendo Switch oh, has a video game called ABC Murders, and I played it, and Poirot is a total fucking asshole. <laughs> he is so rude. Weren't you, to- like, you were saying that uh, you were getting, and, you'd get points for being even more of an asshole. Like, you had to try yeah. to be an asshole. You had to try to act like Perot, and if you did, then you would get additional bonus points. 
And so the whole game, you're just being a French asshole to, like, everybody <laughs> in the game. Yeah. And in the game, he's French, and he's got black hair and a black mustache. So when I saw this Perot, I was like, what the fuck happened? I think five movies ago, Peter Ustinov probably still had dark hair and a dark mustache, right? Yeah. He's done a, he did a few of these. Probably 15 years worth of uh Worth work, of yeah. Poirot. Um, anyway, John uh, Gilgood. Uh, Michael Winner and Ustinov take him to lunch and they're like, okay, you want to do this Poirot film? And he's like, no, I don't. <laughs> like, what do we have to do? And he's like, I'm not going to do it. And they're like, well, how much? Knowing that he's already gotten the budget slashed. And he's like, there's no amount of money. You just can't do it. And then they basically like, would you do it for friendship? And he's like, God damn, you <laughs> fucking dicks. <laughs> How much am I going to make? And then Houston, I was like, this is really easy money. This is the mic works fast. It's going to, you'll like it. You'll, you'll like it. We'll like it. We're going to have a good time. It's going to be okay. So he agrees. And now you've got, you know, winners got his, uh, Houston and, and Gilgood as big actors. He's going to get Lauren Bacall. Mm-hmm. Lauren Bacall. And it's really like, once you get Piper Laurie involved in this, this is like Canon films. Really? Mm, yeah. Lauren, I mean, it's not like overwhelming. Lauren, but Lauren, I mean, Lauren Bacall. Yeah, she's it's late in her time, but that's like saying we got Joan Crawford in a canon film. Like, uh, you know. Yeah. Before that, it's like we got Charles Bronson and Warren Beatty's cousin. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so we're talking about the the rich old bitch, right? Yes, late, Lady kids. Westholm. Yes. Also of the uh, fame. No. No, uh, Boyant oh, was well, the Boynton. old rich yeah, lady. Uh, you're right. But the other That's rich Piper lady. Uh, oh, I don't know who Bacall is. Yeah, well, I'll give you a hint, Jackie. Uh, we had it all. We had it all. Just like Bogey and Bacall. Ooh, you know that song? Nope. You, yes, you know that song. Sam, help me out. You know the words? I, I know the words that you we already We had did. it all. We had it all. Just like Bogey and McCall. Something or other. Something or other. <laughs> Sail it's away to Key Largo. Uh, is that uh, Michael McDonald? I don't know. I don't know. It, it, I don't think so, because if it was Michael McDonald, I'd probably like it. Yeah, I don't know who does Bogey and McCall. We had it all, or... Key Largo. I'm not sure what the title of that song is either. Yeah. So had this worked, there would have been sequels, but it it didn't work because at this point, Canon has they're like going down the tubes at an alarming rate because they always lied about how much they were spending and how much they were getting on returns. Mm-hmm. And being in the red ledger for so long has led to disaster. It's okay. They'll somehow find a golden parachute at MGM, unload the Canon films library onto MGM for money, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then just take a bunch of MGM's money and go to Israel. So, I mean, they did fine. Mm-hmm. They did great. Um, Good for them. <laughs> and I don't want to be like, you know, I don't want to fuck people, but I'm like, oh, MGM. I don't want to fuck them, I guess. Heard bad things. Heard bad things. Everybody's screwing everybody at MGM. That's in the uh, orgy room, though. Yeah. So by the time they get to this, they spend the $6 million. They didn't have anything but the money to, like, give the posters with the prints. There was no promotion of this whatsoever. So it returned 
uh, it's like 250,000 or something like that, maybe 300,000 at the theaters. Okay. Possibly. Nobody really knows because they can only put it in so many theaters. And then they made their money back immediately by basically turning it into a made-for-TV movie and selling it for TV rights. Yeah, yeah. And so they made money on this, but had they had the money to promote this a little bit, I mean, it could have done... Twice that. The nine. <laughs> 500,000. I think it would have done a couple mil. No, you think? It, it, where do you get back? Do you recoup your marketing costs? Like that's where they're at. Will how how bad are we going to recoup our marketing costs? We're going to get our six million back from the TV stations. So let's just do that. Right. Um. Mentioned Piper Laurie. Piper Laurie. We haven't mentioned Miss Quinton, the archaeologist Jackie. Do you know who Haley Mills is? Do you no. remember? Because we actually did this. I'm doing it the same way. Do you remember who Haley Mills was from three days ago? <laughs> no. Parent <laughs> Trap. Oh, yeah. Okay, now. Haley now Mills. That's, that's who that is. Okay. Here we go again. David Soule as Jefferson Cope, the lawyer. Jackie, do you remember who he is from three days ago? Uh, no. Hutch from Starsky and Hutch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you're familiar with Princess Leia. Yes, we've yes. I've heard of okay, Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher and Pepper Lori were okay. Uh, Jenny Seagrove, who was, did fine, and she's uh, she's sort of like the one that sticks out. It's because she was screwing Michael Winter at this time. Uh, they were romantically involved, and that's why she has so many odd close-ups. Mm. Mm. He also told her... <laughs> The opposite, like he, he kind of got creep, like ewy. Uh, she had lost some weight; it was hot, whatever. And he was like, "You need to thicken up. You're not voluptuous enough. People, people like the thick girls." And she's like, "What are you talking about? One and two? How do I even do that?" And he's like, "Fucking get on the phone and order six ice creams from room service." <laughs> I don't think she did. I think she just strikes me as a person that can't put on weight. Right, right. She is she is not thick with two C's. No, she is not. And uh, then you've got the reason why Carrie Fisher and David Soul both kind of do it is that they just got out of rehab and they're keeping an eye on each other. So it works mm. out perfectly for them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But now we have to mention the person who probably has the most speaking parts is none of these star-studded people. It is instead... Stinker Madness favorite, John Terleski. <laughs> Deathstalker 2. Deathstalker 2, John Terleski. Yeah, no. Hey, bud. Wow. <laughs> With everybody else in here, I, I forgot to mention Christopher Guest's uh, oh, brother yeah. is in this, too. Yeah, Christopher. Um, uh, Nick, Nick Guest, Nicholas Guest, who's a, of royal title, like King Ralphishly. Um, Which is weird because Lady Westholm is also kind of King Ralphishly. She married into it, from what I understand in the yeah, dialogue. Yeah. Whereas, like, they just Christopher Guest got like a letter in the mail, it's like, "By the way, you're the end of this <laughs> royal line," and he's like, "What? Wait, is this Ed McMahon? Is this Publishers Clearinghouse?" I believe Guest like disputes it. Him and Jamie Lee Curtis are like, "What the fuck?" And then. They go there, and there's actually some level of responsibility to the title, and it's sort of interesting. I'm like, oh, I can actually, 
I mean, I, I think that this aristocracy is horseshit. We should just dissolve this now. And they're like, well, you have to do all this. And this shit gets fucked up. And he's like, oh, huh. How about that? So they still carry the titles. Uh, and Nicholas, if he has children, I'm not sure about this. It will go. The line will go through him because Jamie Lee Curtis and Christopher Guest have adopted all their children. And the way that mm. that works is you can't pass it on to adopted children. So bummer. Um, I should mention that uh, I forgot to mention this last time that uh, Piper Laurie went to high school with my dad. <laughs> she graduated the uh, class of 1953 from Anaheim High School. So, yeah, Do you I loved your dad. dad. I loved your dad with all my heart, but I'm pretty sure Piper Laurie was out of his league. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, he didn't date her. I didn't say anything about that. Yeah, no, I'm just saying just, he probably wanted together. to. I, I knew your old man. He was, uh, like, <laughs> he liked the ladies. Let's just say he was fond of them. And if you look at a young photo of Piper Laurie smoke show, she's hot. It's weird that she always plays this character though. Like she's, she's always this character. Just mean, bitchy controlling or she's super benevolent grandmother she does that one too oh really i don't know about yeah that. where she's like the only one who's not a shithead i've seen her I've do seen that. that okay interesting all right we ready to and get then lauren this? bacall oh, apparently thought that she was swindled on this picture and oh. i was like what about the three on either side were you swindled on those ones too and she was like yeah, of course i was <laughs> <laughs> what's what's the line i like so much the the movies didn't get big or I didn't get shitty. The movies got small. I didn't get small. The pictures did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's it. There she is. There she is. There's Lauren Bacall and Joan Crawford and Betty Davis and anybody else you can talk. Anybody about. else who didn't really like to age. Yeah. <laughs> so all of us. All right. Uh, let's do this. Um, we're going to have to move pretty fast through this plot, but that's okay because there's not a lot to it. Um, there's some stupid things that happen here and there, but basically what we got going on here is Emily Boyston, Piper Laurie's character, is an old lady. Uh, her husband has died of causes? I don't know. Maybe she killed him. I don't know, but she's a widow. Uh, and she is getting told by her the family lawyer, uh, Jefferson Cope, that... There is a second will. She knew about the first will where the will said, dear honey, baby, I love you. And you get everything. And now he pulls out an envelope and says, but now there's this. I really think you're downplaying this, right? Because she, he, he's such a smug bastard in this scene. Like, and you get everything. And then, she, you know, she settles in and she's all like, eat shit, right? And then he's like, but... And he does it, and he watches her mm -hmm, reaction mm -hmm. as he's like, eat shit, bitch, you old bitch. Jefferson and Cope's, he's doing it on purpose. He's a little cheeky, that Jefferson Cope. He's the cheeky lawyer. But. Oh, Why would you. I, this. Because <laughs> he's, he's, he's basically conspiring with her at this yes, point. Yes, he is. He is committing a crime right here. And then when she's like, hey. We have to use the normal one. Throw that in the fire. It's like, no. And then she, like, blackmails him, kind of, because mm -hmm. he did some bull. What did he do, Jackie? He, like. Uh, he falsified papers in an oil 
deal. He's falsifying. He's falsifying papers right now. Uh, isn't every paper in an oil deal falsified papers? Right. <laughs> I've seen there will be blood. Um, yeah. So the the second will says that he's gonna each of these kids gets uh, two hundred thousand k. Um, and she's like, no, that that ain't gonna happen. Uh, and so she he burns the will. Uh, the kids come in. There's five of them. We got uh, uh, no. There's four of them. There's Lennox, the eldest son. Uh, Raymond, the youngest Raymond. son, uh, Carol, the oldest daughter, and Ginny, the youngest daughter, and then Carrie Fisher's character, uh, Nadine, who's married Na- to Lennox. Nadine, yes, and is also the nurse. Right, right, nurse to mom, because mom needs frequent doses of poison to stay alive. Yeah. Poison! Yeah, you kind of glossed over that one when she's talking to the lawyer and she's she gets the close-up of the bottle that says, Poison, take six times a day. I love my poison. <laughs> Maybe it was a psychiatrist that prescribed that. Like, this won't kill you, but it'll dial your bitch factor down. Mm-hmm. Oh, Just yeah. Like, yeah. You'll be, you'll be like, you'll be at a three instead of 11, and then people won't kill you. May, I wonder if the, if the manufacturer of the poison she's taking is a group called BVD. B- BBD. Damn it. I hate it when I fuck up my own jokes. You know? Miss her. Love her. That girl is poison. <laughs> it's BBD. ABC. BBD. Um, I thought you were talking about BBD underwear. Yeah, BBD. I, I, I think I always called BBD BVD because Ace Boys to Men, ABC, BBD, BVD. It's really hard to tell. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Uh, so uh, she's like, "No, nah, I get all the monies," and they're like, "Oh, that sucks! I thought I was gonna go buy a new Duesenberg. and uh, the old lady's like, "Nope, you get nothing." But let's go on a trip as a family. Yeah. We know your dad just died. Let's go to Europe and the Holy Land on a death trip. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? And they're like, okay. To the accompaniment of 80s sitcom music. And, you know, like, it's weird because you're watching the family through this extremely long um, credit montage of them starting in London, going to Italy, and then to Israel. Mm-hmm. And... They're all smiling and having a good time like they're in some kind of Mentos commercial. Yeah, it's a Mentos commercial. But like right before that, they were like, I'm going to fucking kill that. Got to kill her. And then they're like, hey, chill out to these mellowing jazz saxophone numbers by Kenny E. And I like how they're able to fit the entire family in one car. Yeah, like you just cl- they just cram them in there like a clown car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these people are used to being uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nadine's like, uh, "Whose thumbs in my butt?" But also, "Whose thumbs in my butt?" <laughs> it's mine, isn't it? Damn it! <laughs> Somebody put their thumb in my butt. Nadine, that silly trollop. Because. <laughs> We find out after they get to Israel because they're on a trip to the Holy Land. I don't know what the heck that has to do with anything because it's not like they're Jewish. They seem like a, a Protestant family, but uh. so apparently the novel takes place in Jordan. Okay, and then you've got 
Menahem Golan and Yoram Globus able to really cut some costs by shooting yeah. most of this in Israel. Stay at my so, mom's house. It'll be nice. She'll make you matzah. I they just sort Italian. of g- glossed over the part where she was like, let's go to on a death trip to Europe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you end up in the Holy Land. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they're up on this roof peeping on people uh, with telescopes. And uh, one of the guys like, oh, and I see that lawyer. I'm going to kick his ass. And, and Nadine's like, or one of the ladies is like, oh, you can do that. He's right down there. And they're like, what? So they walk down there. And they're like, what are you doing here? And Nadine's like, "Um, excuse me, I'd like a moment alone with the attorney to talk about business. And they sneak off because they're having an affair. They're smoochy, smoochy in the town square, went up on the rooftop. They've got family members using telescopes to peep on people. And she's like, tear off my clothes right here. Let's make out in the street. And then he's like, here, I got you a cigarette case that I don't smoke. Yeah, but it'll be forever and ever us. <laughs> I've had it inscribed yeah. so that you can get caught cheating and right. you could be my wife. Yeah, you don't yeah. give gifts is, when you're having an affair, dummy. Unless you're trying to stir the pot, which yeah. I think he's trying to stir the pot. Oh, I also think he's a cad because later he's just going to be like, okay, whatever. I'm going to go bang yeah. the parent trap lady. Right. Um, we now get to see Sarah, Dr. Sarah King, mm-hmm. who has uh, noticed that... Mrs. Boynton, the matriarch, is having trouble standing up and breathing. So she's like, you know, I'm a doctor. I could help you. And she's like, fuck off, you. Go away. And yeah, then Dr. King is really reaching for clients throughout this entire movie. <laughs> like anytime somebody doesn't feel good, I'm a doctor. No, no, I can help you. And they're all like, nope. In her defense, Please. like this time around, it's a lady that looks like she's about to have a stroke. Uh-huh, uh-huh. She wasn't expecting her to tell, to, to be like, no, fuck off. And she's like, okay, sorry, whatever. Just die then, I guess. Whatever. Oh, I, I can see your problem. Uh, it's this poison you've it's been drinking. poison. Yeah. The strychnine. I don't know if you're yeah. supposed to have that. Uh, we kind of skipped over drinking poisons 101 in school because we just assumed people wouldn't drink poison but here you are so oopsie i should have gone for that elective how much poison have you had today 16 16 that's good that's good (laughs) we should check to see if you have too much blood in your body (laughs) do some bloodletting next (laughs) how do we check that i'm just gonna look at you and go yeah you've got too much blood in your body i can just tell by looking at you bring in the leeches Yep, lucky for you, I keep leeches in my purse. Here we go. Yep. If the leeches fall off of you, we know that you have the proper uh, poison to blood level ratio. Why there you, you go. Why are you only putting them on my eyelids? It's because you're a bitch. Medicine. Because <laughs> I haven't made it to your nipples yet. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So uh, we uh, Hercule Perot's so the- down there as well. Uh, he knows oh, no, Dr. Cannot- King. Let's yep. let's keep this thing going here. That when the old woman tells her her son to come there and gives him like a dollar to go give to the doctor. Yes, I can skip over nickel. that. Yeah, I can <laughs> skip over that. She's a bitch. We get it. Um, Hercule Pro's there. Uh, he's observing everybody. Um, Lady Westholm is also around, and she's got a gal pal named uh, like. What the hell is her name? I can't remember. She's the archaeologist, Miss Quinton. She doesn't yes, even Quinton. have a first name. Quinton. Yeah, Quinton. 
Uh, I think that's pretty much everybody involved. But they all get on this boat because they're headed to Israel. Uh, uh, and there's lots of sordid discussions that happen on the ship. And, oh, we think this is going to happen and this isn't going to happen. And people are talking about, I don't like that old lady. And people are giving side eyes all over the place. And Hercule Poirot is walking around observing everything until it climaxes. It doesn't climax. It's just until something Until he happens. runs out of Pepto and has to go to yeah, bed right. early. <laughs> there's a fight here. And then there's no, Haley no, Mills not, not refusing get, champagne in lieu of barley water because got, people what we've got to we've got to back that up. Okay, I'll save uh, the barley water for later. Because uh, Mrs. Boynton calls in the attorney and is like, you know what? You're just a nuisance. You're just here tra- causing problems, and I don't want you to be around. And he's like, oh, well, I can do whatever I want because I know about the second will. And she's like, uh, duh. I was there. All right, Phil, are you mental? Did you forget that we did that whole, you burned? This? No, I know about it. She's like, okay, well, why don't you come over for dinner tonight, and we'll have a nice time. You can stay around. We love you. You're great. You're practically one of the family <coughs> now, the I think is what she said. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And so is <coughs> in the case of a second will, mm-hmm. doesn't it just become the will and then the other will is then destroyed? Right? You remember doing that? Or like I feel like if you're a lawyer, you have the ability to be like, this person making this new will seems under influence and is mentally unfit. I can keep the documents, but mm-hmm. it's still the will. I can say, this is my opinion. He was mentally unfit. We can take this to court if we want. But here's the two wills. Right. Right? That's, right. The, be- that's the best you can do. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but this also happens in the Thornbirds where the old bitch changes her will and doesn't leave her family anything and gives all of the money to the diocese. Mm, I thought so you were going to say like charity. A common thing in the 30s. <laughs> well, her family didn't bang the hell out of her like fucking Richard Chamberlain did. <laughs> Except for he didn't. <laughs> he didn't? No, I've never no, seen that shit. I have no interest no, in it. No, Richard Chamberlain was hella gay, Sam. No, in the movie, he banged. It's like forbidden love. No. He's a priest. And he's. Why the only thing woman. I've seen in that movie is his ass. I walked in, my mom's watching the Thornbirds. She's fanning herself. I'm like, look at the TV. I see Richard Chamberlain's ass. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna no, leave you to it. I'm gonna go somewhere else. We'll go play Mario banged, 3. He banged the granddaughter. So he's banging. Oh. He's yeah, he's so banging. she's like, here you go, Catholic priests. She did it to screw Maggie. Okay, all right. All right, we're moving on anyway, from the Thornbirds. Right. Okay, so uh, she invites him down to dinner. He goes there, and she's pouring the champagne for everybody, and she puts, I I don't know what she puts into his drink, if it's some of her poison or... It's, it's probably, her poison. Yeah. She, un- okay. she unscrews it, right, so that she can okay. get, like, go, go, go. Like, it's a shot of poison in this thing. Mm. She's taking, like, two drops at a time. Okay. She gives him, like, a whole shot and then pours some champagne over it, like... It'll taste like ass, but maybe he's just uncultured, and he'll be like, oh, my God, rich people drink the worst champagne. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
So he goes to drink it, and she's like doing the touchdown spiky football dance, and in comes Lennox, and he's like, you're sleeping with my wife, punches him out, champagne falls on the ground, grandma's like, ah, dang, it's so close, uh, some cockroaches come over and lick it up, and Hercule Poirot looks down and sees that they are dead from it, and he's like, oh, the game is afoot. What fucking cruise ship is this that just has so many cockroaches on it? That the first fluid that hits the ground gets nailed by two cockroaches mm-hmm. within two seconds. Like, and then they invite friends. Well, yeah, you can see like at least four of them in that shot. There, if you can see that many cockroaches that fast, you're talking about 10,000 cockroaches on uh-huh. that thing. What is this? Princess Cruise Lines? Hey, oh. Mm. I don't get it. Because there's, I don't know. I had to make up, you know, I, I can't just. Pick on JetBlue all the time, Jaggy. What, what is no, this? You've got to JetBlue Airlines. I don't know any crappy cruise lines. No, you got to go like what is this carnival? Because all these cockroaches got the fun. No, I definitely don't have to do that. Drunk and no, cockroaches I, are having a good time and they're partying on the deck. I don't have to do that at all. I really don't. <laughs> they're just held over from the bruise cruise with WWE. <laughs> okay, so uh, they arrive in Jerusalem. Uh, they, uh, do some more shenanigans, uh, of, of being suspicious and, and Raymond's trying to date a lady, uh, and, or, or doctor and, uh, grandma's like, no, you can't date that. Uh, and he's like, why? I'm 25 years old. And she's like, no, I don't like it. Um, she seems like a bitch. Uh, also Ginny, you need to go to bed. It's your uh, nap time. Ginny's like, I'm 17. Uh, I'm good. No, it's your, it's your nap time. Go to bed. Uh, go to bed, not go take a nap. Go to bed. It's light outside still. <laughs> yeah, you need to go to bed. Has the has the lawyer taken off with any yeah. emails yet? Yeah, they're gone. They went to go check out some dig site or something in uh, Jordan. And then they disappear, which causes Perot to be like, I, I've, hey, I'd like to stick my nose in that. Uh, I'll go look for him because I'm also a human tracker. <laughs> Because he sees the old woman getting paid, paying uh-huh. a mysterious man, uh-huh. and she's like, are you sure that this is what this costs? Right. And she's just funneling money into this guy's hand. Okay, so- and then the, the lawyer disappears. Yeah, and so he's like, I'm a human tracker. I'll go do that. Uh, no, you're not Hercule Poirot. You're kind of a portly, fussy guy. Yeah, I don't. He is not getting down on the ground and looking for like I don't, snap twigs. I, d- I don't think he should go out into the desert and look around. It seems like who the hell wants die. to go out to the desert where it's like just butt fucking hot? Archaeologists. Oh God, no thanks. Yeah, there are freaking bugs everywhere. You've seen Indiana Jones, right, Jackie? Or it's usually in the desert. How come she's not a doctor in this? Is she like a junior cadet archaeologist uh-huh. that works solo? Because she should be a doctor, not Miss. Right? Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Uh, Maybe she's like the discount archaeology. Or be- she's getting her degree, but she hasn't finished yet. Or because of sexism in the 30s, she's the a real archaeologist's assistant. Well, she can't be a real archaeologist. She's a woman, after all. <laughs> they don't have brains, Sam. I discovered the Dead Sea Scrolls. How did you do that? I sent her down there and she found them. <laughs> I'm the archaeologist. I'm the archaeologist. <laughs> Good work, sir. Good work. You here is your medal uh, and your free ice cream cone 
and uh, this cape that we'll put around you that says Supreme Archaeologist. You're... It should bear mention that she didn't get me coffee this morning. So. Oh, let's kill her. <laughs> let's... It, that, that thing she was digging was her own grave. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, uh, he goes to find him. Which is on this, uh, like, this archaeolo- archaeological dig, like we're talking about. And, and then everybody else decides to get involved, because Lady Westholm's like, oh, oh, I'm good at human tracking as well. Uh, <laughs> they call me uh, Lady Finds People in uh, Navajo. No, what she said was, I'm going to ride in your car and help you because I've got a penis addiction. Oh. And I can smell a penis from 35 miles away, so oh. I am going to be of great help to you. Oh. <laughs> Especially desert penis, because it's got a certain smell. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, one day, uh, one day, the Lone Ranger and Tonto, <laughs> they're riding along, looking for adventure. And Tonto says, halt, Kimosabi, jumps off his horse, gets down, puts one ear on the ground, says, 100 buffalo come from west. And... Sam's like, oh god, I hate this joke. Lone Ranger's like, oh, that's amazing, Tonto. You've got such wonderful gifts. Uh, sure enough, there's a bunch of buffalo come. Next day, they're looking for an adventure, and Tonto jumps off his horse and says, Kimo Sabi, sticks his ear on the ground, says, 1,000 horsemen come from east. And sure enough, they ride by, and Lone Ranger's waving at him, going, my Tonto guy's awesome. Next day, they're riding along, Jumps down on the ground. Halt, keep us up. Sticks his ear on the ground and uh, says, Buffalo come. And Lone Ranger's like, uh, All right, how do you know this? And Tonto goes, It's all over ear. (laughs) (laughs) So lame. (laughs) Because that's what buffaloes do. Sam is just giving you the death glare. Like, Spooge on the ground. Yeah, I've been telling us to hurry up, and then I just took 10 minutes to tell us. 10 minutes telling the worst fucking joke. Bob's out there picking watermelons. <laughs> um, Yeah. Oh, Somebody okay. told me that, like, three months ago, and then I got that one, like, a year ago, and I was like, <laughs> the first time, like, about two years ago, somebody's like, you know that one, right? And I was like, no, I don't. And about halfway through, I was like, oh, I do. God damn it. I hate this one. <laughs> All over ear. Um, totally racist. And also uh, stupid. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's really, I mean, to okay. accuse buffaloes of coming that much. Right? Yeah, really? I mean, horny bastards, I guess. But. Um, so uh, they they go out, uh, everybody, Lady Weston, uh, Westholm, and then eventually the Boyntons come up there as well for no reason at all. None. Let's go visit an archaeology site. But not be um, involved in the archaeology. They just set up tents and hang out. Hard pass. Well, and they knew that they were coming because the tents were set up. That's true. That's so also it's true. it's like they made a reservation uh, to stay out there. It's like one of those and it's excursions. it's like you're going to the Holy Land. Yeah. Why are you going to a dig site? This is when I realized that these people were on the shittiest vacation of all time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, Lady Westall has apparently a ceremonial reason to be there. Uh, it's a Commonwealth yeah. of England at this point. Yeah, right. Okay. All right. And uh, the 
Parent Trap has a reason to be there mm-hmm. because she's an archaeologist. Right. The Boyntons have just gone on the shittiest vacation ever. Why are we in this dirt-infested nothing place? Italy was cool. Why didn't we stay there? Because uh, Emily, like, and, and Emily Boynton's like an aged woman. You don't take an aged woman out into the hot sun and just plant her by a tent and be like, okay, see you later. We're going to go walk around the desert. I wonder if there was like a time... When, because I didn't like travel agents aren't really a thing anymore, but it used to be like a deal. You'd go to a travel agent and they'd package something for you. I wonder if it was just like with Singer, if you're a travel agent, what you'd do is you'd, it was like junk bonds. You just find all these crappy places that mm-hmm. were super cheap, right. put it in a package that looked really good, and just like, ah, can you believe it? For only this much. And it's still like way too much money for a shitty vacation. And people were like, I'll bite. Yeah. I've never been to Beirut before. <laughs> Sounds lovely. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. At this point, it's before the majority of the conflict. Beirut's like a cultural center still, isn't it? Oh, I Beirut guess. was one of the most beautiful cities in, on Earth for a long time. Yeah, but it would be like if somebody did that to you now. Uh, <coughs> also, this is 1937. We didn't talk about this last time. Uh, they're cruising around the Mediterranean on a big British cruise liner. Aren't there fucking U-boats out there that are like, ah, evil shoot on your vacation plans. <laughs> this no. was probably in the, uh, in the, uh, jurisdiction of the Italian Navy. Yeah. They're, they're in the Mussolini's Italy. Like, I mean. Uh, did you read about Mussolini's Navy's competence? Uh, no. It's not great. Okay, all right. I don't know. This just seems like a dicey trip altogether. Like, hey, Europe's not looking great. Uh, let's go over there and stick our grandma in the sun. And she's like, I love it. I love sitting in the sun with nothing to drink. Except poison. Except poison. <laughs> right? Right, because no, she vacation. drinks her poison, and then she's like, okay, all you kids... Fuck off now. Go, go for, for a walk. walk. I go hate all walk. of you. Go for a walk. They're in the middle of the goddamn desert. Go for a walk. It's beautiful out here. Is it? And she has. But except for, for Jenny, she has to go to Jenny bed. Jenny has to go to bed. Jenny, yeah, has to go to bed. <laughs> it's it's two in the afternoon. Two in the afternoon. <laughs> yep. Go to bed. Go to bed. Um, And just like five minutes ago, she was being super controlling and not letting anybody like uh Jefferson Cope like get the hell out of here I'm trying to kill you and then she's like go for a walk with Nadine you're having an affair with her everybody now knows it Lennox you should go and hang out with them too uh Raymond I don't want you uh anywhere near that doctor but go ahead go ahead and have a little walk I'm sure it'll be fine uh she just totally flip-flops just cuz so that the plot can advance stupid anyways everybody goes up in the hills uh lennox comes back he's like you know what i don't think i want to watch that lawyer bang my wife but uh i'm gonna go back uh raymond and doc they start smoochy smoochy i'm assuming they bang uh and then like 10 hours later doc comes back down and she's they like, don't bang because he's like after he makes out with her moderately right. for a short period of time he's like i got something i gotta do 
stay here in the desert. <laughs> and then he leaves. Like, no, do your thing. Be like, go ahead and fresh. Do whatever you got to do at your tent. I got a thing I got to do, but not like you should stay out here in the middle of the stay desert here. while I go do this thing. Yeah. Okay. I'll sit on a rock and uh, die. So hopefully the bears don't catch you. Or I don't think they have bears. Scorpions. Have bears over there. Uh, gi- giraffes. Uh, I don't know anything about Israeli uh, wildlife. The fauna. Uh, raccoons. They got coons over here. <laughs> sandworms. Camels. Sandworms. They got to have sandworms. There's a lot. Of, there's sand everywhere. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> watch out for that spice. Arrakis. Um, so, uh, yeah, she just sits there, and like ten hours later, she comes back, and she's like, "Oh, hey, Mrs. Boynton, how's how's your uh, iced tea uh, poison?" And uh, oh, no, you're dead. <laughs> There's like four Finally. or five eat shit Ben Kingsleys by the time we're done with the oh, flashbacks yeah. on Piper Laurie being <laughs> dead, <laughs> flopping around. Yeah, she's finally dead. Somebody died. The plot has happened. Yay. We are 45 minutes into the film. Oh, my God. Are these guys just being shitty to each other? Um. So, Perot comes up, and he's like, oh, yep, I've seen this before. I'll fix this, Colonel. I'll find the killer in two days. Keep everybody here, and uh, I'll, uh, you know, that's what I do. I'm going to go Angela Lansbury it. And, uh, yeah, I, I think we can just skip most of, like, his detectiving. His detectiveing kind of sucks because he goes around, he asks people questions, he accuses them of shit, mm-hmm. like everybody. Right. And then he gets really nowhere. And so I think we should just cut to the reveal party that he sets up. He, he gets, well, well no, I, yeah. I want to do, I want to hang on that note for a second, Jackie, because this is like another 30 minutes of him asking people their timelines because that's what he's really concerned about is the timeline. Because <coughs> the doc says the old pitch. Died at four in the afternoon. And everybody says that they talked to her after four o'clock, uh, which means they walk really fucking slow because they got to the top of the hill where you could still see the tents. Right? No kidding. No kidding. Um, but I want to hang on that joke. No, Jackie. It, through all this work, he gets nowhere. Nowhere. He learns nothing other than these people are suspect because he, he learns that they're all lying. That's it. You have the action sequence in his investigation prior to the the reveal party that doesn't actually become a reveal party with uh, one of the native, one of the locals is like seen something or knows something. Yeah. And he's going to meet him and interview him. And then there's a chase. And it's funny because it's like, well, He's like, oh, Hassan. And then Hassan gets all weirded out and sprints away. And then Dr. Sarah King's like, don't worry, I'll get him. And then you have some lady that's barely in the movie at this point chasing a guy that we haven't seen yet. (laughs) Yes, that's correct. Through the streets of Jerusalem, I'm guessing. And everybody sees it. Everybody, they, they're running past family members left and right and other characters. And they're all like, oh. And then she turns her corner and we hear a gunshot. And then the camera moves around the corner. She's standing over this kid. 
He's dead with a hole in his back, and she's got the gun pointed right where the bullet hole's at. Yeah. She killed him. And so then the locals yeah. take justice into their own hands and surround her and pull out their knives that they just keep with them. Uh, everybody's got a belt knife mm-hmm. in about this belt movie. Knife, yeah. And they're surrounding her and they're getting ready to stab her to death. And then these weird soldiers mm-hmm. come around the corner and they're just shooting into the air and they're like in a formation, like they're on some kind of squad drill. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, shoot! Yep. And they shoot Get in that, the yeah. air and and they don't shoot anybody. They just shoot up in the air. And they're like, better come with us, miss. Get out of here. I'm like, who the hell are these guys? And then if anybody in the LAPD from the 80s was watching this, be like, oh, I would have killed all those guys by myself. Yeah. We're shooting in the them. air. Wasting bullets. They're all armed. I'm, that's a, I got a license to kill. They got those belt knives. See? See? Belt knife. I don't even have to plant the belt knife on them. They got belt knives. Because that's this is Jerusalem. Uh, In the defense of the uh, (coughs) British colonial forces, if you do shoot, I read this in King, uh, the guy that did uh, Just So Stories, Rupert, or uh, Rudyard Kipling Mm -hmm. was in the military at this time, or in India specifically in colonial times before this. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about how you would do that. You would shoot in the air because the... British Empire was always on pins and needles and outnumbered. Like, sure, they had the firepower to take it back. But do you really want all those people to die? Because they were always at a razor's edge of if you did something that the locals found unsavory, that would incite revolt immediately. Mm. So that's why they were shooting in the air, I think. Okay. All right. I'm sure that's what uh, Canon Films was going for here. Historical if they ever went for anything, it's, yeah, it has to do with Israel, right? No, I guess that's true. There you go. Um, all right. So uh, she gets taken away, and Perot's like, uh, she she can't do it. Uh, she didn't have a place to put that gun. She was wearing a very small dress. Oh, no. Oh, I'm going to pop. Uh, oh, oh. Uh, some lady told me if you say pineapple when you're about to sneeze, it'll stop it. I shot snot all over my fucking screen at work when someone told me that. <laughs> like, just say pineapple. I was like, pineapple. <laughs> it was like the biggest wad of snot right on my computer screen. And then I look at him and I'm like, you told me a lie. And now there's Yesterday, a blimp. Yesterday, you said this. And now there's a blimp moving south, sir. You remember from uh, Hot Shots? <laughs> he sneezed yeah. on his computer screen. The radar guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's tons of them everywhere. <laughs> and a blimp. <laughs> I love that movie. It's so stupid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh God. All right, so he says she could she couldn't have done it because she doesn't have any clothes on. <laughs> and, uh, he hasn't heard about the prison yeah. pocket, uh, and no. so they let She's her go. She's not big enough to fit that gun in her. Mm. Didn't have birthing hips. You, no, wait, you know what? The T. She's not big enough with to fit C's. that gun in her and run at full speed. Mm. I'll give you that. Yeah, that's true. I have seen uh, I've seen some pretty skinny people run with grenades up their ass though. <laughs> I mean, I those those people some move. 
skinny people put a lot of things in their butt on the internet. I'm like, why are you doing that? How did you fit that in there? That's why am I watching this? All right, so they just let her go. They're like, he's they're like, good point. Like, she couldn't have stashed the gun someplace and led him chasing to that place where she had the gun stashed. Hercule Pro, you, we'll just take your word for it. She's got some cockamamie story, right? Like you said, and he's said her dress wasn't big enough. But here's the thing: what kind of a fucking idiot? sees a dead person mm-hmm. next to a gun and doesn't just stop what they're doing and not doing anything else yeah, and just be like, yeah. what just happened? Like, oh, what's this? A gun? Oh. I don't believe it's real unless I touch it. Um, Tastes like a gun. Didn't she get hot potatoed? Hot potatoed. Hot potatoed. Where they shot the guy and then they hot potatoed the gun over to her. They throw it out. Don't catch it. You dodge it. (laughs) Unless you think you can catch it and then do like a Nick Cage Mm -hmm. front roll, John Woo style, and then shoot them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. And then if you do, maybe that's what happened. But it isn't because then she would know who the killer was, right? But if the killer did toss it to her, then she was like, ah! And then she's like, after the front flip, because you can't pull the trigger without doing a front flip. She hadn't seen the killer. Because I know who the killer is. I know who the killer is, and this does not line up. Uh, No, it doesn't. There's teleportation that'll have to happen for later, so it doesn't matter. Um, But you'd shoot, but then it's out of bullets. That would be a good John Moose scene, right? Hot potato the gun and be like, sure, it's going to get my prince, but it's also going to get your dead body. Mm -hmm. And then it clicks, and they're like, wink, I already used all the bullets. And you're like, no! I just got gotten by my own talents of battle rolls. Uh, okay, that's, maybe it's in the cutting scene, uh, cut scenes of. Uh, it's not. She didn't do a battle roll. No, I didn't uh, even want massive, any ice cream. Massive talent, unbearable weight for it. Um, oh, all right. So now it's it's tea party time. Hercule Poirot is going to reveal everything he knows, and he walks around. And he's like, "You're lying. You're lying." You're lying, and everybody's like, "Oh, you know what? You were, uh, you got us. We were all lying. <laughs> we were all lying." And he's like, "Okay, uh, yeah, I'll tell who the killer is." And Lady Westholm's like, "You know what? I think I'm gonna leave. And I'm get. I don't have time for this. This is bullshit. This is a bullshit tea party. There's not even tea. I'm leaving." Well, there are a <coughs> bunch of little sandwiches on Carrie Fisher's table. Oh well, Nadine's table. That's uh. But I don't see food on anybody else's table. It's just that one table has I all of the was, sandwiches. Like sandwiches, and then there was like olives and some. It was like you had to like wander around if you wanted mm-hmm. to get everything. That's a tea party station buffet. Buffet station at an artillery, you know, base. Right. Yeah. This is not a nice place for a tea party. I don't like it. Well, and Lady Weston wants to leave because there's a big coronation ball for the Colonel. No, for King Edward. I thought the colonel was getting coronated no. for being like... Okay, that makes sense. You're cool. So the coronation this, for Queen Elizabeth's dad. Ooh, we did this three days ago and we missed this part. Jackie knows what's going on here because she likes this stuff. <laughs> yeah. So for this fucking shithole place... Well, not like that whole... I should start over again. For this part of the nice job, Trump. they send down Lady <laughs> Westhall as the government representative for the coronation. Uh-huh, okay. So they gotta send them everywhere, right? Yeah. So, yeah, she's the, she's the B-team for a satellite 
coronation party. Worst vacation ever. Do they just get like a countdown and assume that everything went off without a hitch? Light the fireworks. He's king because, you know, it's not like they got, uh, I guess they got the, it would all worked out. Light the fireworks as the. They had telephones too. So they, they would be able to communicate. Like I'm sure the palace had enough people that they would communicate to their representatives. Okay. Yes. The coronation is now taking place. You may now start your celebrational fireworks. Oh, I don't think so, Jackie. I think Europe in the thirties was still banging rocks together. Cheesy. You know, industrial revolution. See myself out. Okay, so she's leaving. She's going to the coronation, and Colonel says, Yeah, we should all go. Nice tea party, hierarchical, but this was a total waste of time and government tax resources. But the Boyants are very excited because. The they Montrops. get invited by the colonel. Boyntons? Boyntons. They get invited by the colonel to come to the ball. And especially Ginny is excited because... <laughs> it's past my bedtime. She doesn't have to go to bed. <laughs> Nobody's telling her to go to bed tonight. Staying up late. Okay. It's a uh, special occasion, Ginny. You get to stay up till 9.30 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> so, that dinner, Perot tells the family, yeah, I know you didn't do it because... If you did it, all you would have done would be put some more of her own poison into her drink. Nobody would have known, and she would have died right there on the spot. So you all had access, means, and motive, and that's not how she died. She died of other poison. Uh, It was the same poison of a different method. It was the same poison of a different method, so that doesn't... Hercule Perot, you suck. Um, He goes... Also... Yeah. Dr. Sarah King, why do you have this poison with you? Is it just you give everyone this poison? Yeah. Why? Uh, she uh, she did have it earlier in the movie. Um, Perot was sick on the boat, seasickness. And she gave him exactly two drops to ease his seasickness. And, <sighs> and it cured him of the seasickness. So it does have a medicinal purpose. Poison. But if you, poison. You know. Oh, okay. Uh, we got to move through this. Um, so he does this song and dance, puts on a uh, the tablecloth and says, oh, she was disguising herself as a sheik, snuck in, stabbed uh, Lady Boynton with a hypothermic needle she picked out from somebody, uh, Carol's bag. Uh, it was Lady Westholm. Uh, and the crowd goes, no, duh. Of course it was Lauren Bacall. Otherwise, well, why else she would be in this movie? Um, and then uh, Lauren Bacall, uh, she's like, so you can arrest me? He's like, no. She's like, okay, goodbye. <laughs> He's like, I don't have that authority. I'm, uh, I'm just a nosy Nancy. I just on holiday. Yeah. So have a nice evening. And then she goes upstairs, shoots herself in the face. She does a bad job. She falls out of a window. Almost. It's like she did a bad job shooting herself in the face to where she wasn't all the way dead from the gunshot. Falls halfway out the window and is like, well, I don't want to go like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then like kind of saves it and then goes down. So why did she kill her? She killed herself because she was guilty and she no, wasn't no, going why to did shame. Lady Westholm kill Emily Boynton? I think it's a misunderstanding. 
Okay. At some point, we kind of miss where uh, John Terleski's like, my mom, my mother would like to see you when they're at the archaeological site, and there's like a bunch of shit with Poirot saying. Um, the woman standing behind you, Dr. King, was the one, and in both cases, Lady Westholm was standing beh- behind her uh-huh. with the uh, Hassan when he ran away, because right. he knows it was the one that she killed him. And then also when Piper Laurie's character, Mrs. Boynton, Emily Boynton, was being so bitchy to Dr. Serking, she wasn't being bitchy to her. She was sort of like pretending to be bitchy to her while also like casting side shade at Lady Westholm. Because, because Lady Westholm was a prisoner in uh, Mrs. Boyant's Boyant. jail. Boyant's. She floats. Whatever the hell her name was. Boynton. Boynton. It's two times Boynton. in a row. Prison. So she knows that Lady Weston has a criminal Westholm. history. Uh, Lady this Westholm why... was in a prison that was run that was in America was run by Mrs. Boynton, the prison well, she was warden. Like the, <laughs> this is yep. what I don't understand is that it seems like the way they put it, that she was the whatever lady of the prison or something. I am the lady of the prison. It was, it was Here a term like sword. that. Like, uh, she matron? was the warden of, she was the warden of the ladies prison. Okay. And her late husband was the governor. And after his first wife died, they got married. How do you have this much backstory, Jackie? It's in the movie. There was like two yeah. sentences addressed about any of this. She she was paying attention. Yeah, I guess. I was writing notes. I guess that's not paying attention. My notes are like, grow some balls, Trelesky. <laughs> that's one of my notes. <laughs> Go to bed, Jenny. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot. Jackie was like, I don't need to take notes. I'll just pay attention to what's <laughs> happening here. All right, so it's blackmail. Like, she was going to spill the beans about her being in jail, I guess. But and then she'd be... the way that they present Poirot's account of his perceived and investigative interpretations of the events is that Terleski tells Lady Westholm, my mom wants to see you. They all go on a goddamn walk. Mm-hmm. Then, which is why she tells everybody to go on the walk, as I'm now getting. Mm-hmm. Instead of... Just going and talking to her. Uh, she's like, I'm going to kill that bitch. <laughs> so she muddles around and puts on a disguise and then it just like runs up and injects her with her poison that she could have just D- done what Perot said. Nobody done what everybody else. else d- yeah. Could have done. But whatever. She doesn't know that. Now, here's what I'm thinking. Let's just say as somebody who's a prison warden and you see somebody that used to be one of your prisoners mm-hmm. and. They're now, like, in Parliament or whatever. Right. You'd probably be like, I'd like to talk to you. Like, man. Hey. Way to get out. Like, good, good job. job. Right? Most guys just, like, get out and become bus drivers. Parliament? Damn. Or come right back. Or come like, right back. Yeah. I mean, like, Knuckles. It's good stuff. We should write a book about you. This is a bestseller. We'll, yeah. we'll get rich. They might have been friends. And then she's like, no, I'm just going to kill you I'll because kill you know who you. I am. I'm pretty sure that the prison warden didn't treat her very nicely in jail. And she was like, fuck you. Yeah. Do my do my taxes. And uh, 
I'll kill your friend, the guy that if can get you out of prison. I'll kill him because you're ran so the prison him. like she runs her family. It's just like, no, you can't do that and go to bed. Yeah, <laughs> this prison sucks. That bitch. <laughs> like that's prison. Lights out. Go to fucking bed. Yeah, the warden's just like my mom. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, the family just is like, okay, well, that was a fun trip. Goodbye. <laughs> I don't know if we are rich or not, because I don't know where our attorney went. <laughs> but we're going Where home. did he go? Where did Jefferson Cope go? <laughs> He's going to get tired of Miss Quentin. Even though she's a hotshot archaeologist, she has a good time drinking barley water. Barley water. God, there is so much material that we didn't get to in this movie, like uh, the motivation for Nadine to cheat on her husband to, like, save the marriage. And Carol and Raymond's like, you're my best friend. You're my best friend. I was going to kill mom for you. No, I was going to kill mom for yeah. you. We left Carol out of this entire podcast. I know. Sorry, oh. Carol. I got to put my kid to bed in five minutes. So we uh, we're going to have to cut this one short. Um, anybody got questions though? I will, before we go on question, no. Okay. Actually, yes, I have the questions. Is any of the Perot stuff good? Because this was just like every other Perot thing I've ever seen. I don't think so. I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb and say that, like, this is just Matlock. This is just. Uh Uh-uh. Okay. Okay. Well, one, Kenneth Branagh's. Provo shit made a fucking shitload of cash. The Orient Express did. The other one didn't, but Death on the Nile because that was a sort of pandemic casualty. Okay. You say, oh, this is just Matlock. Matlock is a little bit more fun than this. This is shitty murder, she wrote. It's shitty. Put a lady in charge of this and it just works a lot fucking better. And that's the problem is it's like, oh, Hercule Perot, why aren't you an old lady? Because you're acting like one. This is way better with Angela Lansbury. It totally it's actually is. kind of awesome with yeah, Angela Lansbury. Right, right. And it's awesome in the format of television versus. Mm-hmm. I'm sure these were, you know, real page turners at the time that they I were written. I don't know, man. I, I think I read Agatha Christie once. I think I I think I might have read this and just immediately just brain dumped it. Like, yeah, no, it's no fun. I, I like whodunits. I really do. I think they're fun. Um, even though. It's just a it's just a game against yourself. It's cheating the movie because the movie doesn't necessarily have to be good. It just has to like make you go, "Do you know who did it?" Right? That's what you're there for is to outguess the detective. Like, "Aha! I'm smarter than the detective. I put this all together. I am Encyclopedia Brown, sir, not you." And uh so the movie gets to cheat a little in its quality, and I still watch them. But uh this just I I don't think I like Hercule Poirot. Jackie, do you like Hercule Poirot? No, he's a French asshole. Okay. <laughs> he's a Belgian asshole. But, uh, All right. Yeah. Belgian. They speak French there. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme is Belgian as well. Uh, We already know. The, the Last question. Okay. We kind of answered this, so we'll gloss over it. Like, I asked, is this the best canon films movie? And you said... Not necessarily the best, but this is the tightest production of any canon yeah. films, I think. Yes? Yep. Best art design, best production design. Uh, 
acting was not great. Um, Carol was kind of bad. Carrie Fisher wasn't even great, but she was still, you know, she, she had reasons. Fresh uh, out of rehab. Yeah, she had reasons. Op- and then she's opposite fucking Hutch from Starsky and right. Hutch. But uh, yeah, I thought the I thought it was a tight film, like uh, production, or I mean, uh, uh, court, uh, cinematography was good. Uh, all the locations were good. Uh, it wasn't the music was good awful, but like. <coughs> I don't know. Pretty good for canon, but not a good movie. No. Um, we already we already did this one, so uh, the uh, team here knows this one. But uh, I want to ask this for the fans: Is Hercule Perot's middle name Ross? Think about it. <laughs> I'm gonna let you stew on that one. Hercule Perot, Hercule Ross. Okay, I, I did too much. <laughs> I gave the game away. Yeah. (laughs) The jig is up. Okay, final recommendations. Jackie, we'll start with you. I'm going to give it a do. I was interested in the movie the whole time. (coughs) Um, There were some funny ha-ha moments in it, but uh, for a canon movie to actually get my attention, not for the wrong reasons, Mm. is pretty awesome. That's that's high praise. Yeah, I'm going to go with a do. I... I enjoyed it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give it a don't. Uh, it just didn't have enough of the canon flair for me. It just was a t- made for TV movie. And I'd rather see uh, Sally Fields on my TV movies. So, skip. Not without my baby. The dingo ate your baby. Sam? I'm going to give it a don't because I hate Hercule Poirot. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm going to watch the Kenneth Branagh one because if anybody can fucking pull it off, it's Kenny. Yeah. But I've never liked these. We had to watch these in school. Yeah. It was just like, oh my God, not this shit. Yeah. Like, Sarah Plain and Tall was a breath of fresh air for a school movie for me because mm. of Perot's shit that we had to watch. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. All right, next week on the podcast, we are going to be going to the theater for Cocaine Bear. So stay tuned for that uh, and get to the chopper.